for me, it was the right fit you know, against the New York Giants. Like, this is this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I, I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I'm your host, Art Stapleton, and we are under one week, yes, one week away from the 2023 NFL Draft being held in Kansas City. We will be at Giants headquarters for all seven rounds, all ten picks, at least now, for the Giants. And we've got some news. Teased a couple weeks ago, we will be live at MetLife Stadium at the start of the Giants draft party. We will be doing a special, what I'd like to call a fan appreciation show of All In. And we'll get to those details in a bit. Things are being finalized. But we want you to know how much we appreciate the audience that we've been able to build with this show, not just with my coverage in the record in NorthJersey.com and in USA Today, but with this podcast that started in August of 2021. So we went through two full seasons Joe Judge's last season, obviously Brian Dable's first season. So heading into year three, we feel like we've got a great foundation and a great base, but we want to continue to grow this show. And one way of doing that is engaging with you. We do that every week uh, with our final drive segment, taking your questions from Twitter. Uh, So I think this draft party presence will be great for us at the show to go out there and see people. Hopefully we will see listeners of the show. Uh, Sounds like we will end up being in one of the clubs. So that will be with season ticket holders. Uh, We are trying and it really, we're finalizing, like I said, the details in terms of being able to have access to things that will allow us to go live on our social media platforms for NorthJersey.com. YouTube and Facebook and you'll be able to watch the show live as it's happening and then if you don't watch there then we will have an audio version of the show up on our usual podcast platforms shortly thereafter the taping we're looking to go about 45 minutes starting at seven o'clock Uh, and ending right around 7.45 with the draft starting at 8. Now, obviously, the Giants sitting at 25. We're not sure when uh, that will be. I'm guessing that will be pushing 10.30, quarter to 11 uh, at the earliest as far as when the Giants are picking. But, and we'll get into Joe Shane's pre-draft press conference uh, in a second and my takeaways from some of that stuff, uh, there is the possibility that the Giants will trade up or trade back and not even have a pick on Thursday night. When you're in that spot, that's kind of what you have to prepare for. Uh, As Shane joked yesterday, uh, last year was a lot easier to 
pin down players that he wanted. Well, as I wrote on NorthJersey.com and I had my takeaways, make sure you check those out. If you remember on draft night, Joe Shane had tiles with names on them and they were seven players and he kept them in his pocket. And he knew that the Giants were guaranteed, as long as they didn't trade out of those picks, that they were guaranteed two of those seven players. Now at 25, that's a lot different. I'm not sure if Shane will be carrying around 25 tiles, uh, so to speak, with those players. Uh, But I would imagine the Giants have a cluster of players there. I I used a cluster of 10 players. Figure go up to 20 or down to 30 at the end of the first round. Uh, And that's the sweet spot, that they have those guys who they hope are there. Now, if all of those 10 are, are gone, then the Giants are f- put in an interesting situation. And what Shane has shown to this point, he goes by his values. So the value of the player and the positional value kind of trumps what we might think on the outside. So I could see Shane really having some discussions in terms of trades for that first round uh, with teams in the 20 in the low 20s higher than where the Giants are picking if they have a player that they love and they think they have to get to a certain spot in order to get that player or the opposite end of the spectrum is somebody looking to come up to 25 you know the Cowboys are sitting at 26 so you know we all know who the Cowboys are you know, they're we're gonna know which players the Cowboys are targeting. It's just it happens every year. Uh, it happens to the Giants too. And like what happened a couple of years ago, the Eagles going up and getting Devontae Smith. Uh, obviously, the Giants traded down for the first round pick for the Bears. That ended up being Evan Neal, and they also drafted Kadarius Tony. And we know what happened with that. Uh, but. That 25 overall, a 25th pick, has been traded, I think it's five straight years. So you'd expect some action with the Giants uh, on draft night if the scenarios play out a certain way and Joe Shane looks to, um, looks to move down, move up. Uh, like I said, a little bit more on that in a couple of minutes. Uh, so... Our draft show, Uh, we're hoping to have some giveaways. We're hoping to have some guests. Uh, We want to talk to some fans and take fan questions on site. That is all going to happen. Uh, Also, what I want to do is I want to be able to have you, the listener, who may not be at the draft party or may not be in a position to have access to the show at that time. Maybe you're not coming until 9 o'clock that night or 8.30 because of the late night, the way everything is. Uh, or maybe you want to be in the stands, you want to be somewhere else rather than being in the club, or if the access is uh, limited to only season ticket holders and you can't get in there, I want to be able to get your questions answered the best I can as well. Last year we did a Twitter Spaces, and it was awesome on draft night. Uh, I really appreciated the way everyone did that. So keep a lookout on my Twitter account, art underscore Stapleton. Uh, if Twitter still exists uh, in a couple weeks or at least a week from now, uh, we don't have that blue check mark. But anyone who follows me 
uh, knows that check mark or no check mark, it's legitimately my account. We spent since 2009 building that account up through covering high school sports to all the way through my uh, days as a general assignment uh, columnist filling in on all different sports. And then now, obviously, since 2011, being the Giants beat writer uh, for the record in NorthJersey.com and USA Today. So uh, there will be opportunities for you guys to send in your questions. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out the best way to do that, whether it's a hashtag. Uh, but stay tuned on that front. But wanted to give you a heads up and let you know. The draft show, Giants do a great job at that draft party. Any fan I talk to that has gone to it always has a good time. Obviously, picking 25th, there's going to be a lot of quote-unquote dead time. So I would think the Giants are going to be trying to do uh, some fan engagement during that uh, process because you don't want to sit around. I mean, look, you're watching a draft with a bunch of people that you, you know, that you, you have a common interest in. Um, but... It's an interesting dynamic because the Jets are also having their draft party at MetLife on Thursday night. So Jets and Giants back in the building together uh, for their draft party. I don't know necessarily if there's going to be a crossover. I would imagine that it's basically stay on one side, you guys stay on the other, and, and that's the way it is. The Giants will have more information as far as what their festivities will include. I would imagine they have uh, the Giants alumni come and sign autographs. Uh, take pictures. I would think they'll have maybe a couple of current players there. Uh, I wouldn't expect the big names, uh, and especially since the program is voluntary right now. So who's in town, who isn't in town uh, for that Thursday? If they don't have anything on Friday, uh, players usually try to get out of town. That's what I'm running into as far as trying to book guests for our show. But again, we are limited in, in a certain amount of time that we're going to do uh, on Thursday night. And, uh, so we'll, I'll keep you posted, but, uh, make sure you keep, keep an eye out for everything. Uh, check out giants.com to find tickets. I know the general admission tickets are gone, but it wouldn't surprise me to see them bounce up, uh, and have more opportunities to get out there, uh, and enjoy draft night. Hopefully you get a nice night in MetLife, uh, and you get to watch the draft. Um, and you know, like I said, the most memorable draft party that's happened was in 2019 when Daniel Jones was drafted and the whole place booed. And now all I could think of is last year against the Colts, when they clinched the playoff spot, the entire building chanted Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. And now for the next two years, he's going to be paid $40 million with the giants, uh, with a lot more to gain if uh, his trajectory continues on the way up. Uh, so that's my pitch for the draft party. I hope you enjoy the shows that we put together next week. We're going to try to do more than one, and that, that live show is not going to be the only one. We'll have instant reaction to the picks. Uh, Thursday, we may do the instant reaction on Friday, uh, just based on uh, time constraints, and I'm not sure if people are going to be tuning in and want to listen to an instant reaction podcast uh, after midnight on Thursday, but we'll figure it out. You know, you can count on us for coverage next week and I'll do my very best uh, to continue to give you everything you need on NorthJersey.com, USA Today Network and here on the All In Podcast. All right, Joe Shane talked yesterday. Here are my thoughts on some of the things that he spoke about. 
first and foremost, the non-draft stuff, Saquon Barkley, Dexter Lawrence. Uh, Shane definitely struck a different tone. Here's my take on Barkley. Yes, it, it certainly gave off an icy feeling. That That is true. Like, Joe Shane was not looking to throw uh, bouquets and, and give Saquon his flowers. They've done that. They've given him his flowers. I mean, Shane has been very complimentary. Dable has been very complimentary of Saquon. Uh, and vice versa. Saquon's been very complimentary of them and the Giants and wanting to be a Giant for life. You know, John Mara said he wants Saquon to be a Giant uh, for life, the way Michael Strahan was and Eli Manning and Tiki Barber. Uh, and those were three, I think, that John Mara mentioned out at the owners' meetings. Here's the issue. When the Giants negotiated with Saquon Barkley during the season, my sources have told me the price was around 12, 12 and a half average annual salary for Saquon. He did not, he and his representatives did not bite on that during the season. So after the season, the Giants upped their offer to right around $13 million a year. And at that point, that did not make Saquon or his representatives budge at all. And he was aiming for something higher. Now, do he Saquon after the season basically said, I'm not looking to reset the running back market. You know, resetting the market and getting quote unquote Christian McCaffrey money, which is around sixteen a year, wasn't going to happen. But the reality here is that both sides knew about the tag deadline situation with Daniel Jones and the way things were setting up, and that if Daniel Jones could get a long-term contract before the 4 o'clock deadline for the franchise tag, then Saquon Barkley was getting the tag. And that tag was worth $10.1 million. Now, the threat of the tag, and you knew if Saquon got that tag, he was not going to be happy. Who would be happy? Franchise Players who get franchise tags are, are not happy, especially when they feel like they have an opportunity to earn more. So the tag is supposed to facilitate, in theory, facilitate a long-term extension. But in the case of Saquon Barkley now, the idea was that if he got tagged, the Giants will be plenty happy having him play the season on $10.1 million, and any offers that were made prior to that were now off the table. Is that Joe Shane playing hardball? To an extent, yes. But if you're negotiating, and if Shane came back the day after the tag and said, hey, we want to give you that, after saying that this deal was going to be off the table, what kind of negotiator would that be? He wouldn't be a great negotiator. So the reality is they know the tag deadline now has set up a three and a half month waiting period for Saquon and the Giants. July 17th is the last day that they could agree to a long-term extension. And if they do not agree, then he has two choices, essentially. Don't sign the tag and stay unsigned for this year. And then you end up in the exact same situation as you were next year if you decided to not play the entire year, which is almost unheard of. I, I don't think that's where this is going. And, or you get back 
in the beginning of July with the Giants and try to hammer out a deal that was close to the one that you turned down at the end of the regular season. Maybe you can get the Giants to up their offer a little bit, put a little bit more incentives in there. Whereas if you hit them and you stay healthy, you stay, you get up to 14, 14 and a half based on incentives. The reality is this. Saquon Barkley is the best playmaker the Giants have outside of Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones, uh, as the quarterback, because of what he can do with his legs, I think you look at it as 1A and 1B. We all said that last season. So the reality is Saquon Barkley plays a position that has been a depressed market. There's value about, uh, there's arguments about the value of a running back. We all know this. That is a hard pill to swallow when you are as valuable a player as Saquon Barkley is. You know, I've made this point. Graham Gano is an outstanding kicker on the Giants. He's been one of the most consistent and productive players since he got here. The Giants aren't paying Graham Gano extra because they like him and because they appreciate his value to this team. They're not going to blow the kicker market out of the water in order to reward Graham Gano. Now, that sucks for Saquon Barkley. It really does. It sucks. But it's the reality of the situation. That's the problem with this scenario. So, what will Saquon Barkley do? I don't know. There are people saying he's unhappy. I don't see Saquon Barkley holding out beyond the deadline in the summer. I just, I, I can't see that happening. The market is the market. Now, do the Giants look at it and say, we need him here. Let's give him an extra million because we like him, because he's our guy. Joe Shane isn't operating that way right now. Will he at that point? Will the entire organization look at this and say, let's do it? I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I think the draft will be a big the draft will be a big issue here trying to figure out what will happen. The draft. Will the Giants draft Bijan Robinson? I I don't see that happening at 25. I don't see the Giants looking to make a statement about Saquon Barkley. The Giants have said they want Saquon Barkley back for 2023. They've offered him Extended contracts, multiple years. From my understanding, it was three for around 39 that it would max out at that. Now, granted, what's the guaranteed money? I don't have that, but that was turned down. So they want Saquon here. Could I ever imagine a scenario where Joe Shane will rescind the franchise tag, a la Dave Gettleman in Carolina with Josh Norman? No, I don't, I don't think that's happening. I, I don't think they want to get rid of Saquon Barkley. I think they want him on their price. And they see a depressed market. They see a franchise tag worth $10.1 million. And they will roll the dice. And they will play a little hardball. And if Saquon's upset about it, he has every right to be upset about it. Let him take the next couple months and stay away. I'm not worried about Saquon Barkley showing up in shape in training camp and not knowing the playbook. 
But in the meantime, the Giants need to develop their plan moving forward. Do they draft a guy from TCU like Kondre Miller? You know, Keaton Mitchell is a guy that I like in the draft. You know, in the day two, early day three kind of scenario. Do they get a back that they really like? Tank Bigsby from Auburn. You know, these are guys that I know the Giants have met with and, you know, whether they like them or not, that's another story. You know, but I think Saquon will be be with this team this year. My gut tells me that he will eventually sign a long-term deal, that they will get some sort of incentive package to make him feel good that they want him here. You know, you could say all you want, you want somebody, you want somebody, you want somebody, and then you look at the numbers and you don't feel like you're getting rewarded the way you should get. get. So that's the situation. You're going to read a lot about Saquon, about him not being here. There's going to be a lot of posturing. There's going to be a lot of things back behind the scenes that are said and written that the bottom line is, I don't see how this turns out. I don't see a trade. I don't see the Giants looking to dump him. Uh, I think they believe that he's a major part of the offense as they're const- as they're constructing it for 2023. Does that change on draft night? I guess we'll see. Saquon Barkley's rolling the dice from that respect. We don't know for sure if the Giants love Bijan Robinson. Maybe they do. And maybe it is quietly behind the scenes that they will take Bijan Robinson at 25 and say, Saquon, you had your chance. Um, we're going to rescind the tag at, or we're going to try to trade you to a place that you know you can win and you can get a new contract. These are all unknowns. Do I think that's going to happen? No, but it's certainly possible. Uh, I cannot rule it out from a 0.00% percentage. Uh, Dexter Lawrence. Dialogue's been good. That's what Joe Shane said. The Dexter Lawrence contract is going to get done. Does it get done in April? Does it get done in May? Does it get done in June? We'll have to wait and see. But Dexter's getting his contract. Uh, It'll just be a situation where if he's the next to go, then they'll get him cheaper than they will if they let Quinn and Williams go first. Uh, and I think that'll be the debate. But the, from what I understand, the Giants and Dexter Lawrence have both been acting in good faith. To this point, they've been negotiating. Uh, my my understanding is that the contract was right around $23 million a year annual average, which puts him right there with Jeffrey Simmons and Deron Payne of Washington, both of whom have gotten their long-term deals. I think Dexter would like to be a little higher. That's just the way this thing goes. Uh, and I think ultimately the Giants will get him there to be higher than those two guys to show how much they value him. And then if Quinn and Williams comes in first, well, then they would want him higher than Quinn and Williams as well. So we'll have to wait and see. But I don't think Dexter Lawrence uh, is an issue. I think he'll be on a long-term deal uh, it's only a matter of, of time and negotiation, uh, and I think they'll get that done. A uh, couple things off of Shane's press conference for the draft. He did not give us his draft board, so which is still being finalized, by the way. So any questions about what you thought? He, he was very evasive in terms of depth of position or players that they may like. 
that was not revealed. We can go off of their 30 visits to see what's there. Uh, as I've told you, the 30 visits are... N- none are the same. Not one. Everyone is different. As Shane said yesterday, some guys are in because we want to basically eliminate them. We have some concerns about them. Let's dig in on those concerns. And then you could eliminate that prospect for consideration. You know, let's not forget top 30. We only have one year to go off of this current regime. There are 30 visits. They had Kayvon Thibodeau in last year. They had Evan Neal in last year. Uh, They had Thibodeau and Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson in together. So they like kind of playing off that a little bit. They also had Dane Belton in. They had DJ Davidson in. They met extensively with Daniel Bellinger in San Diego. Uh, Tim McDonald and Brandon Brown went out to dinner with Daniel Bellinger in San Diego. So not every prospect who gets a 30 visit or gets a dinner before pro day or gets, you know, intense calls is the guy they're going to draft. But this regime showed last year, it's only year one, small sample size. If they bring a guy in and they meet with him and they go to dinner with him before pro day and they're there and they're making eye contact and they're shaking and rubbing elbows and on campus talking about guys, they like him. They like him. So if you look at the 30 list and I put it out on my Twitter account, we'll have something on that again this week. If a guy is on the on their list of 30s, at least you should put him in consideration for the Giants because they've shown that last year they made picks off of guys that were here that came into East Rutherford, met the people in the building. You know, let's not forget John Mara is in the building. His office is in the building. Steve Tisch does business elsewhere and comes in uh, sporadically into the building. John Mara is in that building every day. So you have the co-owner and team president in the building. He's not out at pro days, but it certainly helps if people are walking through the building and they see John Mara uh, in the cafeteria as prospects. You know, you kind of get a little feel. Maybe the top end guys. You know, Zay Flowers comes in, the entire organization might want to feel for it. Also, the Mara family has a good presence at Boston College, so I'm sure they're very familiar with Zay Flowers. So when you see Zay Flowers atop some of these lists for the Giants, doesn't mean he's the number one guy on their board. But there's certainly a familiarity with Flowers, and from everything I've heard, what's not to like about the kid uh, if you can look beyond the idea that he's 5'8" you know, or five, nine, depending on whose ruler you're using. I don't think that's as big of an issue as it used to be in the NFL, especially not with the design of the way this offense is. So I'm not worried about height. I don't, I'm not looking this as a traditional basketball lineup where you need a point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, a power forward, and a center. That's not the way this offense is constructed. You don't need a, a traditional X that's 6'3 and has size and can be Plaxico on the sideline and then you need to have Victor Cruz only play in the slot. That I don't believe that's the way this is going to go, go down with this offense. So we'll see, but we'll do more draft stuff next week, obviously, and then don't forget the draft show at the Giants draft party at MetLife Stadium. 
Reach out to me if you got questions about anything next week. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, because you're all in, we're all in. We'll check you next week. Have a great weekend.